Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody, how you doing? Thank you for tuning into the podcast again. Uh, thank you to the people that listened on Must See Audio uh, when I put my little thing up saying that the podcast had moved. Thank you for you people and uh, thank you for them going and subbing to the podcast. So, uh, what I realised I didn't do last week because I'm fucking useless at self-promotion. Um, it's a new listeners. If you want to get in touch with me, I am at a total shunt at a total shunt on um, most social media stuff like Twitter and Instagram, the two things I use most. So I'd probably go for me on that. Um, there's a Facebook page that you can join. I, I, I fucking hate Facebook. So um, it's it's a little bit Wild West, but if you guys want to join and talk to each other, I repost everything there. So this, the, the will stuff, stuff goes there, I suppose. But I mean... I, just do what you want, right? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna force you to do it. But if you want to get in touch with me, there's ways and means. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, there will be a merch store up and running. In fact, depending on what country you're in, you might even be able to go to it now. It's on a Spreadshirt, I believe. Um, if you if you look for the Hot Lap uh, F1 show. Oddly enough, uh, if you're in the UK, I don't think you can get to it because there's some sort of crazy region thing where they publish your page and they decide what countries they publish it in. And me being in the United Kingdom, they decided the UK, United Kingdom wasn't the best market for me. Odd that. So I will probably do a different storefront, which you'll hear about in the future. But uh, yeah, what a waste of time that was. Anyway, um, moving on, 
there's a few bits of bits and bobs we've got. Obviously, we've got a Grand Prix next week, but there's a couple of little bits I, I brought up because I thought they were quite interesting. Um, George Russell was talking about the aero sensitivity of his Williams. Uh, pointing out the last race, it's probably going to be the one of the worst races for them because, I mean, we'll see how this works. Uh, I've heard a few people say online about or just like as in like technical guys that sort of should know what they're talking about that they think the Williams is too far behind to go for this peak aero concept it's got uh, their idea being that it, there is a sweet spot for that car and at that point it will it will work to its ultimate and that's where they can get the fastest car is in this small window um wind is not its friend so with the gusts of like 60, 70 kilometers an hour, or whatever it was, it, uh, with the last race, um, that's one of the reasons why Williams had such a poor outing. Um, I wonder whether the difference is that much. I mean, you would think that they're not all of a sudden going to make like a second and a half up. You know, it's not going to be a, a, a arrows in 1997 at Hungary scenario, is it, where all of a sudden on that day in history, um, Damon Hill and Nat Arrows were capable of winning a Grand Prix or almost winning a Grand Prix. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to be that be it. But you know, it's, I hope for George Russell and uh, Nicholas Latifi's sake that it just means maybe they can sort of fight for some points. Uh, Russell also pointed out that maybe the Alfa Romeo was a reasonably good handling car in those conditions. And that's why they were out of place and they were further up the grid than perhaps they will be at other races. I thought that was quite interesting. Um, but as as well as say that, he's also pointed out that he thinks that Mercedes have got the same aero problem. Obviously, Mercedes is fucking faster. We all know that. But um, yeah, he's uh, he pointed out that maybe the, maybe the uh, Mercedes has got some sort of... Uh, Achilles heel when it comes to like gusty conditions uh, where they've been trying to find, they've been trying to pull the air, you know, they've been trying to pull the downforce back. Um, I mean, if they, uh, if they have, it will mean they're, they're stronger on, you know, most of the other circuits this year. So it, Will that put them back ahead of Red Bull? Probably not. But I tell you what, it's, it, if that's the case, it's going to be super exciting because that that would probably put put them like next to next to Red Bull. But yeah, I just thought it was an interesting thing to bring up. We're given the like the gap is quite narrow between Red Bull and Mercedes, and if we get to different tracks and it ends up being like an equalizer, then you know it's it's all going to be good for the show. On more Mercedes news, uh, James Allison has moved positions. He's now, um, oh, he's, I don't know if it's effective immediately, it's effective very soon, but he's getting shifted down to a different position. Um, he is, he is the chief technical uh, officer at the moment. They are going to shift him into a, a long term, is it a strategic role? I don't think it gives the it doesn't give the actual title on the article I'm reading here, but he's going to spend more time back at base. I find this interesting because when you get big people in teams, especially I mean, don't get me wrong, I am 
it could be the fact like he was you know he went through some terrible times when he when he had the fallout with ferrari and quite rightly so i think when you just as a i, I know everybody everybody's got to do their jobs but you know the certain the certain cases for for those of you that don't know um when james allison went to ferrari and it didn't really work out for him there i think f- it seems like Ferrari were being Ferrari and not very understanding. Unfortunately for James, his wife had just died. So, you know, it's for, on, on a completely human element. You, 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 I'm sure there'll be some prick that listens to this that goes, oh, yeah, you know, you just got to just gotta get on with it. Just got to just gotta do it. But fuck me, man. You know, it's, that must have been horrible. Like having to go work in Italy while his kids are still in the UK with all that going on. And that, I think that's what shifted the, the move to Mercedes was the, the UK base, if you want. So it could even be the case that he just wants to spend more time with his kids. But I think they'd say that. I think to stop speculation like me, they would they would put a, like a statement out like that saying oh you know he just wants to he just wants to be close to his family or that that type of thing, but they haven't they've they've and it see it it seems like an odd thing to come out after the first race and after they've lost a load of pace from where they were, which seems to be a concept like mistake yeah you know, it as I said last week. Uh, it it more and more now, you know, there was speculation before the first race about the high rate cars, sorry, the low rate cars being uh, in a bit of bother, but it does really seem to be the case now. So is that is this a is is has there been some sort of civil war in amongst Mercedes where they want to shift philosophy and Allison was in favour of the low rate car? Don't know. I mean, that's that is pure conjecture, but I wouldn't be surprised if this reshuffle sees Alison leaving at some point in the future. Um, and you know, it's. I mean, even even he uh, he's been the technical um, vice uh, technical director. I don't know if they call it that, but that was his role. Uh, he's been in that job now for over four years. You would you would think that to do that job and to move or come back would happen in like the end of a year with some gardening leaves to take you through like through to the end of this end of the season, not like half well, not even halfway through a season, just a a race. And it just it all strikes me as strange, as does something Toto Wolf said. Uh, is it? Oh no! Sorry. Oh yeah. I'm professional. I'm so professional. Yeah, Wolf uh, said how happy he was to keep James within the team. And he's he's sure going into 2022, he's going to be a regular sparring partner of his. And I just, I, I know what he's trying to say, but I just think it's a strange choice of words for teammates. Uh, James Allison went, went on to say he believes... Um, Senior senior staff have shelf lives, and he's uh, happy to take a step back and pass on the baton as as it is the right time for himself and the organisation. Um, it's all very PR-y, and that's why I think there's something there's something afoot with it. 
but that Toto Wolf, I think you can. I think I think you can read a lot into what he says. I think you can lead lead a lot into what some of the words he uses sometimes, even when maybe maybe this thing's being masked there. But the sparring partner thing I found particularly interesting. I also wonder whether this reshuffle is reshuffling the team this year through the course of this year so it's in a better position for next year when it will have Wolf and not Mercedes written on the side of the car. Um, Ricardo. Ricardo's been pretty fucking outspoken here. Uh, He's not happy about the uh, amount of crashes that are used to promote Formula One. He said, I think... um, Last uh, last year on the social media channels, there was like a top 10 moments uh, of the year. Something like eight of them were out of the top 10 were all crashes. I was just like, you guys are fucking idiots. Maybe 12-year-old kids want to see that. Uh, but for us, we're not, we're not kids. And that, you know, it's cool if, if kids want to watch that because they're kids. They don't know any better, but we do. I said, just like, do, do better, guys. Just do better. First of all, I fucking despise it when people tell other people to do better two things do better and educate yourself go fuck yourself if you're going to say things like that to people because it's patronizing as fuck and it pretends you have a point when you don't um i don't know right this is this is probably going to rub people up the wrong way and i fucking love ricardo he seems like a really nice guy i've sworn a lot in this podcast and i'm sorry about it and i nearly did it again then but ricardo you know does it what do you i'd be interested to know what you guys think about this i mean i'm not one for crashes like motor racing crashes make me feel sick they really do like i uh especially live when before you know what's happening like after after the fact when you know everyone's okay and everyone got out of the car you can watch stuff like that I watched. I finally finished watching Drive to Survive the other day. I don't know what it is. I, well, I know exactly what it is, to be perfectly honest. It's being a father and knowing Roman Grosjean's a father. Hearing him describe his story of thinking of his kids when he was in that burning car, I I, I fill up every time. It really upsets me. Like the I, I can't imagine the feelings that must go through you when you have children and you think you're never going to see them again. I, I, I don't know how that must feel in those, you know, I mean, we've all had like little things, maybe we've been sick or in hospital, stuff like that. But I've had something similar to myself where I was worried, but not in that, not in that moment where you didn't expect it five minutes ago. And now you think, oh, well, they might be burying a fucking barbecued corpse. So it it really upsets me when that sort of thing happens. But crashes are two things. They are exciting to see because of the energy that's involved in them. And they also show the bravery of the people that are involved. And I think that's the major thing with Formula One. Um, I, I don't know how many of you guys know this. Probably most of you, to be honest, because I know I've mentioned it before. The first Formula One race I ever watched was the race where Senna got killed. And I had I, I had no interest in Formula One whatsoever. I, but I remember watching that race because I was sick. Uh, and my dad came around. My mum and dad had split up. And I usually went to see my dad on Sunday. And he came out to pick me up. And I thought I was really sick. And he 
sat with me on my bed and we watched the Grand Prix. And it was the first time I'd ever watched a race. Uh, and obviously a big accident happens, big crash. And I can still remember Murray Walker saying, it's okay because his head moved. And I remember my dad shouting at the TV saying, no, his head slumped. And uh, my, my, my dad was convinced Senna was dead from the from that that moment and then later on in the day uh, i i saw it on the news i ran my dad up saying yeah and Senna fucking died and um i, I remember, remember at that moment i mean i was i was i was a small kid like yeah i was i what well, how old would i have been 10 something like that maybe 11 i can't remember i'll have to work it out but i remember looking at um uh, looking at the news report, thinking, right, these guys aren't playing games. This isn't like other sports. Like this isn't like football. These these guys are, are playing games with their life. I remember thinking that. So in a way, I do believe it gets people into Formula One is seeing that risk, that danger, especially in such a sanitized world where we live. Well, uh, well, parts of the world are sanitized. Obviously, people live in very dangerous dangerous conditions all over the world, but. For the most part, if you're sat here listening to a podcast thinking about Formula One, you're probably pretty safe. Um, yeah, so I, 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 I get what he's trying to say, but I also, I think if Formula One was more exciting, maybe they wouldn't have to rely on crashes so much for things like that. You know, it's it's not like we have wheel to wheel wheel like banging racing all the time now even the uh i mean if you take the overtake on i can't remember who gasly did it on it was alban did he do it on alban can't remember but it, it, uh gasly overtook someone on the outside going into a rouge we know what would have happened if they'd touched there they'd have took off like you know that would have been a huge crash and even down to the fact that we know, like, Gasly lost his friend at Eau Rouge from a huge accident. So the bottle it takes to do something like that, the year after, year after, I think it's the year after, um, it's huge. But you don't get that in a short TikTok. You don't, if, if you don't know the sport already. And even seeing that... Um, if, you, if you're not already a fan of the sport, seeing them go on the outside, dip into a rouge and go up, it just looks like it's driving up a hill. They wouldn't know how like dangerous a rouge, a rouge is and how, uh, fast this, the, how fast it is, how steep it is. It's so steep. If you've never been into Belgium before, you obviously know it's a steep corner. It's steeper than you think it is. I guarantee, unless you think it's like the peak of Everest, then it's probably not that steep. But probably steeper than like, any of the roads around where you where you live any of them it's so steep and the you are fully out of breath uh, by the time you walk up that and you have that like that the, like the the just the tension where you start to feel a bit of acid in your calves because it's it's not feeling so good anyway maybe it's me maybe I'm just dead they don't fit maybe it's only about like a a small hill but yeah i just i don't quite agree with what ricardo's saying uh he's he's talking of he's talking about it like social media is there for formula one fans and it's kind of it's kind of not it's not really there especially the official 
the the official Formula One thing. It's there to promote the sport, and it's there to promote the sport to people that don't normally watch the sport to try and drag people in. Um, yeah, it's I, I'm I, I'm I'm sure you guys are going to disagree with me on that one, but I I just think maybe it's been a a little bit precious. I could understand it if people have been hurt. I could understand using a like a crash where someone like genuinely got injured for promotional purposes. But when everybody gets out like looking like a, a gladiator, I don't I don't I don't get the problem. Uh Nico Hulkenberg has joined Austin Martin as reserve driver. And man, can you find a comment section that says, Oh, so this means Hulkenberg's replacing Vettel? Um and uh, yeah, um, no, it doesn't. Absolutely of course it doesn't. It means he's just gonna be a reserve driver. But it's interesting, isn't it? Um, it is almost like uh, Aston Martin have kind of positioned themselves somewhere just in case they get halfway through the season and Vettel just goes, I can't do this anymore. I've clearly lost the plot and uh, I need to leave. Um, I, oh, man. I spoke to some of you over the week about me talking about Vettel. Uh, I don't think it's going to get better for him. I've thought about it more and more and more. One or two. Just don't think it is. I think his time of Formula One's gone. I don't. I don't even know whether it's the fact he's lost any of his ability or lost passion or drive for it. But I often talk about people in Formula One. It's certain people are lucky enough that Formula One comes to them at just the right time. I think that's realistically that's what makes champions is when Formula One comes to them. And Formula One has moved away from Sebastian and towards Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. And it is, it's it's those people, you like Max and Lewis, you've got to think about it. They're the ones that enjoy that sort of loose car that they can throw around. Vettel wants it planted, he wants it stuck to the floor. I, I can't see 2022 getting better for him because they're going to take more downforce off the car. Like they're they're literally going out of their way to make sure Vettel struggles by the looks of it. They're not doing that. I know. What are you going to do? You're going to start tapping at me. You're not doing that. It's that silly. I know it's silly. I said it. But, like, yeah, it's, I think Nico Hülkenberg will replace Sebastian Vettel before the end of this year in that car. And you've got to wonder, given the position, given the... Uh, the position racing point are in, if Vettel does screw it up and the will they have Baj remorse? Will they think, God, we could have got Nico last year for very little. He's already integrated into the team. He knows the place. And uh we could have just like moved forward, tried to get the car somewhere where we can attract another top flight driver and then worked on it. But yeah. Vettel's in trouble, and I think Nico Hulkenberg at some point during the during the year will replace him. Uh, we have a race. Oh no! Oh no, we don't. Well, we do, but that's not what I was going to talk about. I've got one more story to bring up before we talk about the race. Uh, Formula One might be going back to Miami. Apparently, someone's t- someone's that was in the way of it has now changed their mind, and uh, there's going to be another vote on it. Account, uh, for the the council are going to vote on whether the race can take place, and they're going to do it around the Hard Rock. How is a Hard Rock? Yes, it is Hard Rock. I shouldn't have even doubted myself. Uh, yeah, they're going to do the race in like sort of a, a built thing around the Hard Rock Cafe. 
sounds great, doesn't it? Um, unfortunately, that means it's in California. And California, see, like, it, it would be a good thing for California to do right now. And again, if you're an American listener and I'm talking nonsense, please get in touch with me. But I don't, I don't think I am. Uh, California has a lot of people leaving it at the moment. Uh, I'm moving, moving elsewhere, and it seems to be governed reasonably iffily. Um, I still, I, I'm still not sure whether it's completely opened up after COVID or not. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, even for like outdoor dining and stuff like that, it's the, it's the, it's it sounds like the UK of uh, of the US. Uh, but the the problem I've got with it is, and this is why I don't think now is the time for a race around California, which I've always wanted. I've always thought this this would be a great idea. There's so many protest groups, and it would be like trying to do one in um, where am I thinking of? I can't remember. I can't remember the state now. Um, and th- you know, there's there's already a. Uh, a group called the Miami Garden uh, Gardens Activist Group, uh, which is fronted by a, a lady called Betty Ferguson, who's come out to say uh, it goes against everything the community st- uh, stood for, uh, Ferguson told the Miami Herald. I don't know who the council think they're representing or supporting, or supporting like this. It won't be homeowners. And I can't help think that most people that get together to do this uh, to do activism over things like this aren't speaking for the majority they're speaking for a minority and uh i just i i've it's it's more we've, we've got so much of this nonsense in, in formula one of the sort of bowing to to various pressure groups i just want the sport if i'm perfectly honest and if if we're going to go somewhere else where we have to get in involved with like i'm going to i'm going to say woke politics then i'm not in up for it and i unfortunately i think california is the perfect place for that to happen uh, i mean there's, there's 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 so many things they could cam- they, they they could campaign against for formula 1 going there and it's not really what what formula 1 needs formula 1 needs good news stories uh, i still think that um indianapolis Another bite of Indianapolis would be great. It was a tyre issue, not a Formula One issue, and they just made the wrong choice. So that would be my my ideal choice for somewhere to go. It's got the name as well, but I've got a funny feeling this won't happen. I think it's a it's another story that's just going to pitter out and disappear, and then we won't go there in the end because it's not like there isn't enough races to get to for Formula One. Still got Vietnam, them poor guys. God. They got. They had a circuit already, and you know we haven't even been there. And then it and it doesn't look like we're ever going to go there now. The money that must be lost on something like that must be heartbreaking for them. Uh, next race, as I record this on Sunday afternoon, it will be in Imola. I can't wait. I think Max Verstappen's going to be strong. I think Lewis Hamilton's going to be strong. It'd be interesting to see where Checo Perez can get himself. Um, I've a funny feeling that this is the year that Bottas is going really going to get found out because his head's going to drop with Max being up there, and if Perez can get in front of him, because I think Perez is a better driver than 
um, Valtteri. And I don't, I, I really don't think he's going to handle it very well. So I'm predicting Bottas might be about seventh. That's my prediction for Bottas. Uh, other things I would suggest that maybe if you've got that fiver that you keep thinking about putting on somebody, maybe a fiver on George Russell for a point this weekend. It's exactly the opposite of the last race we had. So if if he's going to score points, it's going to be somewhere like this. So I will certainly have five pounds on George Russell to score a point. In fact, I'll probably do it now before I, before we go. So before I even upload this podcast just so I don't I don't forget about it. Um other than that, I've got no real predictions. It's it's gonna be so difficult until we get through the first few races. And I don't really do race predictions on this podcast, do I? Uh, I expect the McLarens to be strong. I think that I really think they're gonna show up as like the third best team. You know, it's the they they've got all the stuff for it. And it, it's gonna be interesting to see how far they can get towards Mercedes uh and Red Bull. So, yeah, I think uh, a, a podium for a McLaren, not out of the question, especially it's it looks pretty good aero-wise and it's got that big old Mercedes lump in the back of it. But, yeah, can't wait. Be over this time next week and I'll probably be sat in the same spot I am now talking about that race. Uh, right, before we go, I had another thing to with you guys where I... Um, I threw some. I threw throughout that I was going to record this today. Uh, a couple of you have gotten back in touch with me. It's really irritating because you guys are liking the picture. Like, oh yeah, great, you're recording and you're asking us for questions. Like, no, type. That's better. I'd rather I'd rather you wrote a question or a talking point than press the like button. That's the idea. Do both, if I'm honest. And if you're gonna, if you're just gonna press like, don't just press like. Share it as well. I I need the shares. This is a brand new. I, I know the hot lap's been going now on and off for a little bit, but it's essentially a brand new show, isn't it? Because it's in a different place. So I need you guys, which which know it's gonna be good. I know I need you guys to get out in front of it and like get it to people. Help me. Um. First question from. Rob Anderson. Uh, where? Why do we keep? Why do I keep hearing that Mer- Merck's bad in, bad in traffic, uh, but Lewis can come from lower places and get himself a podium numerous times? Um, I think there's just as many times, if not more, that you've heard Lewis complaining about. Um, not being able to get past cars than you have seen him get past the the top and bottom of it is depends where they are and how powerful DRS is because the Mercedes got such a huge lump in the back of it you get DRS you can get past that way his thing is that that, that they can't follow without sort of losing grip um I also I'm also not sure I, I I'm sure some of you will pull, pull some of these out off the top of my head, I can't think of the great Lewis comeback drives in Mercedes. They're just not they're just not coming to my mind at the moment. I'm not saying he hasn't done them. Um I'm just not great at recall recall uh, recalling statistics like that. And let's face it, for through most of his tenure at Mercedes, he started on <laughs> well, he started first, really, 
if not second row. So I, I'm not sure he's had to do it an awful lot. But I, I know I can't think of the great drive from 18th, but I can think of the complaining to Bono that he can't follow cars. Uh, <laughs> Nazepin Nandal Nand, how would you say that? Nan Nand Nanando Naldonado Nandonado. That's really hard to say. Um, sprint races will they actually make it more exciting? Uh, make more exciting racing or just provide extra data for teams for the main race and anticipation for Sundays? I have been a proponent for the sprint race for about four or five years i think the sprint race is a great idea i think the idea of getting qualifying out of the way on friday is fucking great i mean it's a bit of an issue for those of us with jobs but i mean we can we can always catch up on it and i think that's kind of what they're thinking like qualifying will be is something people check into on social media and watch the highlights back later me personally, I would be taking as many Fridays off as I possibly can. But uh, yeah, I, I love the idea of it. I think the, the all you have to do is look at uh, F two. Would you w- would you change the format of F two? I know F two has been shook up quite slightly. I know it's been changed a bit this year. Three races? Do they have three races now? That that, that caught me off guard, but. Um, like the the F two the F two situation, I wouldn't change. If you look at like just look at last year's F two, or sorry, the year before, we didn't have. Did we have any F two? I can't remember. But if you look at what like the classic F two sort of thing, where you had a qualifying for a sprint race and then a reverse grid for the feature race. So I know some people aren't the reverse grid for a uh, to eighth position. I think it's great. Um. And that's the question. Would you change F2? I wouldn't change F2. So, theoretically, F2 is just... I know it's a spec series, but it's essentially slower Formula 1. That's where we are. And when you think, like, Formula 1 has gone more and more spec, the the more they tighten the rules down to try and bunch these cars up, the it's going to much more resemble a really quick F2 next year than it does currently. Like it's because it's, it's there's going to be simply be less bespoke parts on the car, you know. There's there's just less less room for fuckery, so I I wouldn't change the format for F two. So therefore, that format in my mind must be a better format for racing. So I I think it's going to be great. Uh, the a guy talking about it, which I've got, I, luckily enough, I I pulled up and saved was Juan Pablo Montoya. I have slight issues with this, but here we are. F1 is making big rule changes to bring the field closer. Uh, things that you, uh, things that you could never imagine ha- happening during my time in the sport. Um, you know, it's, you, when you get the likes of budget caps, the big teams can pretty much do what they want. Uh, he also turned around and said, look, you've got to look at uh, attention spans. You know, it might be okay for me and you because we're uh, we're old school, we're motor racing fans. We're happy to sit down for two hours and watch a watch a race, but kids, no chance. They've just they they've just got different attention spans to what we had. 
Now, I feel, I feel conflicted about this because I agree with him. And if you listen to, uh, uh, if you listen to Musi Audio, you know I, I, I love a, uh, I love a social commentary about the way the way like modern cultures go in. And I, I, you also know that although I use social social media, I, I think it's very damaging to the very fabric of our society. Now the issue I have with this is, is that the right way, right thing to do? I mean, it's not. Don't get me wrong; it's not up to Formula One to address the issues that are going on, which are destroying the attention spans of adults and children, myself included. I have a much shorter attention span than I used to have. But I, I've i noticed it and I've tried to do things about it. I think doing things like this is very therapeutic for it. I even think listening to podcasts in general is very therapeutic. And Or if you see a two-hour YouTube video that you're interested in, you know, it's, it's something you're interested in, but you could look at it and go, oh my God, two hours. Can you not just like round up to like seven and a half minutes? No? Ugh. Uh, so yeah, I try and watch long format content more and more because we are to, like TikTok shows the thing, and I fucking love going on TikTok. It's great, but you you also lose an hour watching nonsense that are thirty second videos of nonsense, minute videos. Uh, I don't want that future. I'm afraid. And I'm not sure Formula One should, or I'm not sure things should sort of bow down to this sort of modern, like, I don't know, like time, it's like time sync mentality, isn't it? Where it's, I've got like an hour to do absolutely nothing, but I don't have the time to actually do it. I don't have the attention to use it for anything. So I just sit here watching people shuffle dance and people squeeze water bottles into each other's faces because they think the eggs disappeared behind the hand. Uh, my God, if anyone listens to this in the future, that's a, that, that's going to be a timed reference, isn't it? But, but I can see what he means. And I think that's the way, I think, I think that's what it's going to have to do because nobody's talking about the issues that we have with the way content's being pushed to people. So the big guys are going to have to follow. They're going to have to follow the trends, but I think it's a shame, but I personally, I think what, what will end up happening is you will have a sprint race and I think it's going to be great, but I think what will happen is you'll end up with a shorter feature race as well in the end. Um, and then you might even end up with two sprint races rather than, um, a sprint race and a feature race. I could even see Formula One go into go turning into the the thing is the 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 issue here would be would be cost, I suppose, for repairs and things and uh, sustainability for um, fuel, all that sort of stuff. People people would be worried about. Um, but I could see Formula One go into a a two race format on a Sunday as well, maybe. There's something, so things are going to get shaken up, but I hope the sprint races work well this year. I think that will be the, the, the format of racing next year. 
I think they should bring sprint races in and I think they should get rid of Monaco. That would be my two my two big things because I, I think a sprint race around Monaco is pointless. So what what you know it if you if you can't overtake then like legitimately overtake, even if you bring the cars closer, Monaco is still gonna be fucking rubbish. Um and I know it's hard and that's great. You know, it's 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 such a, it's like the true test of driver skill. But I and that and that's the other thing I don't want unless they unless they went back to having non championship races. So you could just have like a one off Grand Prix at Monaco for a special trophy, something like that. Uh like I don't know what would you call it like the Monaco Heritage Grand Prix, something like that. So you could you you could it, it was like it, it, its own little Indy five hundred for Formula One that I could see working, but I mean if that was the case, have wild cards as well. You know, have teams have teams that are allowed to run three cars, but then again, it's too fucking small, isn't it? It's too small. Shouldn't have Formula One at Monaco anymore. Doesn't work. Um, last but certainly not least, Kieran sent me a. Um, a thing to talk about and this is why you guys need to because he's just trying to wind me up he's trying to wind me up and he's trying to make me say nasty things about Charles Leclerc so you say nasty things to me that's what he's trying to do he's trying to draw, draw a wedge between us draw a wedge drive a wedge that would make more sense uh, Leclerc best Ferrari driver since Schumacher now considering I don't fucking like Schumacher or Leclerc I think Schumacher isn't isn't even the best driver in Ferrari when he was there at times. I think Eddie Irvine was a better driver than him sometimes. I think Barrichello probably could have beat him in his heyday if he was allowed. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What do you want me to say? I don't like either of them. Ferrari, who's my favourite Ferrari driver? Fernando Alonso when he was in Ferrari, obviously. Would have been Jensen Button if he'd gone there because he almost went to Ferrari. God, oh, I couldn't have handled Jensen and Ferrari. That would have given me anxiety. Anyway, this has been another Hot Lap Podcast. Thank you for sticking with me all the way through the end. There hasn't been a huge amount to talk about this week, has there really? I did my best to keep you interested for an hour. Uh, but given what Bob Pablo Montoya said about attention spans you probably only got five minutes in and then started watching tiktoks so we'll be back next week as i said this is a weekly show now uh thank you to sports social uh podcasts for hosting it and i will be oh i'm gonna have driver rankings at some point i've got it like half finished on my ipad i'm not very good at design work i'm not very good at it at all and to try and section out a piece of paper that I can make or to, to try and section something out as like a reusable template so I can just shift the pictures around and put a number next to it has been quite the pain. Um, but I intend to have driver rankings. Uh, each drive, the way, way I've decided I'm going to work it, it's going to be like a, a number point system. So, uh, it, we, uh, so it's like 1 to 10, but you can have like 9.8, 9.5, 7 um, Every driver... We're, uh, in my eyes, started out with 10 before the first race. I will do this before the first grant, before the next race as well. So it's so uh, I've got my drivers ranked from the first race. 
Um, and then it's just, I'm not going to work on our point system. Like I'm going to say like Mazepin and Schumacher uh, didn't complete like a full racing lap each. So they will probably both be at the back of the field on exactly the same number because they did similar things. Um, yeah, I'll probably, they'll probably drop down to like a five, maybe a four, maybe three and a half. Maybe I'll give Mazepin an extra point too. Um, yeah, uh, and then the like I would, I I, I have in my head I have um, Lewis on a nine point eight and oh sorry nine point five and Verstappen on nine point eight because it was that it was Verstappen's team that lost the race for that and realistically the more I've looked at that overtake there's the more I think he actually won that race so I personally think Vettel's stock is higher. Uh, sorry, not Vettel. God, Verstappen's stock is higher than Hamilton's right now, so that's that's the way I'm going to work it. And I can't wait because some of you guys are going to get so upset with me. But I promise, I absolutely promise you that I will at least treat it seriously. I won't do it just to boil piss because I don't think I need to do it to boil boil piss. I think it'll boil piss anyway. So that's my plan. Uh, I'm going to love yous. And fuck off. Thank you for downloading the podcast. Bye-bye. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Podcast Network.